0: Hi hey everyone, it's Aaron Morganstein from FlexMedStaff.com. We've got another exciting YouTube uh, video with Corinne. Today we talk about health insurance and what to do with health insurance when you go independent. Corinne, when you went independent and you left your, the traditional job you had and left your employer, what were the options or things you considered about doing when it came to health insurance and what options did you have and what options do everyone else have?
1: So Aaron, we've uh, talked about this a little bit, but to go into the options, one of the scary things about leaving a full-time employer is you kind of don't have access to the employer sponsored or their group health plan. And that's usually cheaper because the employer covers you know, part of your premium there. So you kind of lose that benefit, but there are a number of other options. So we shouldn't let that kind of, you know, make us afraid to branch out, to do other types of contracts and work. One of the things you can look at, and this is kind of overlooked, is that you can negotiate with a facility where you have part-time employment. For example, they may be willing to give you um, part of, to get you into part of the group Sponsored plan if you say I can give you a certain minimum number of shifts per month, for example. So that's one good option. It's often overlooked. And then, you know, if you don't have that, we move into the next one, which is COBRA. So um, COBRA is something that you get if you're leaving a job and you have up to 60 days to enroll. And uh, it's kind of expensive, but you um, It is definitely an option and you can be on that for something like 18 to 36 months is my understanding.
0: I agree. It's just, it is expensive. So generally you're going to pay what your premium costs without the benefit of having the employer giving their percentage. So easily someone like me might be paying $200 out of my monthly check, right? but the employer is paying $400. So now I would be responsible for paying all that a month. So that would be $600 a month. And then Cobra charges a transaction fee, as I would call it. And I can't remember exactly, but I think it's like 2% or something, but it's meaningful. So it is more expensive than some people think, because you clearly forget how much the employer is contributing to the cost of your premium or paying off your premium. What are the options did you consider when you go independent?
1: But the other options that people can consider going independent is if your spouse or partner works and they have a health plan, uh, most often you can uh, get yourself added to that. So that's one option. And then the next one is you can look at the ACA marketplace um, because they have uh, options. In fact, uh, uh, Aaron open enrollment opens tomorrow, November 1st, and it goes through January 15th. So that's one place to check out. Um, different plans and sign
0: up. Yeah, I think it's great. I think there's many brokers out there. I know that FlexMed staff has one chosen broker, not to say that she's better than any others, but she understands the lifestyle some of these independent practitioners uh, work with and what they might be looking for, either uh, health insurance locally or health insurance nationally. I will state that these plans are cheaper, as we all know. They don't offer the benefits necessarily of some of these larger plans. Uh, So if you want a local plan, you live locally, you want to be treated locally, I think there's some great options on the marketplace. But if you're someone that travels or spend time in multiple different states, the marketplace may not be best for you and you might have to pay a little bit more for a different plan.
1: That's right. Um, Another thing we can do is look at, uh, you know, the website of a large uh, health plan. You can go on Anthem or United and see if, you know, you can just uh, buy something on their actual uh, website. So that's another option. And then um, if you're old enough, I guess you can get into Medicare. Don't forget that. Yeah, I'll
0: add to that. I actually just, my parents are at that age. My dad's still a physician. And last year they realized for the first time that Medicare would actually be cheaper than doing their primary health insurance. So my dad works part-time as a physician, mm-hmm. has to worry about his own, uh, own mm-hmm. health insurance, I believe, and realized that we their primary health insurance should be Medicare because it's cheaper. So that's a good one to add if you're at that age.
1: Correct. So um, moving on, there's a few other things uh, that we want to mention. Um, there are something called cost-sharing plans out there. So the way I understand, everybody puts in a certain amount um, into that plan, but when you go and get a service, you kind of pay for that service, and then the plan like reimburses you. So uh, these tend to be something kind of like self-pay, but you're part of a cooperative or something group, if that makes sense, or did you have something Uh, to add?
0: Yeah, I would totally agree with the co-op type plan. The best analogy I have is that A cost-sharing plan is kind of, if you make the analogy, it's like a car. So what they do is that they cover catastrophic events when you get in a collision accident, okay? So when you have to go to the emergency room or you have to have surgery. The downside is that they don't cover regular maintenance. So they don't cover oil changes. So if you see your primary care doctor often, you get labs and stuff like that, you might have to do a cash only or direct primary care. The one major downside, and this is something to talk to cost sharing uh, plans, is if you have to be hospitalized or you have to go to the ER, you better make sure that they're able to help you pay for that bill. I think that there are some health healthcare companies out there that are not accepting of some of these cost sharing programs because they would prefer to work with the primary large insurance companies. So just be cautious. That you could be in an event where you have a cost sharing plan and you may not be able to pay for, or they may not help you pay for the bills.
1: Yes. So as with everything, we want to know exactly, you know, what we're getting for uh, what we're paying. Um, another option, Aaron, that a lot—it's becoming kind of popular—is direct primary care, and uh, added to that is direct specialty care, which I'm kind of just learning about. So direct primary care is uh, kind of an offshoot of concierge medicine, but it's much more affordable for regular people. So you pay a membership and it ranges, it's pretty affordable. Uh, So you can pay a membership and you get to see a family practice or internal medicine physician and they don't bill your insurance for, for those visits. Uh, They can also do labs and certain other things that they have contracted cheaper so the insurance doesn't kick in. Now, if you still carry insurance, which you should, to combine it with your DPC, it's still a good idea. But you might want to get like a higher deductible plan so that if you end up in the hospital or something, then that would kick in.
0: Definitely. I think you can add to that and say that you could do cash only and you can self-insure yourself. I don't know if any of us would truly recommend that as we always are concerned we get in an automobile accident or we got a gallbladder issue, et cetera. The last one I wanted to add in here because it's something I participate in is these associations. Mm -hmm. And so they're actually really powerful entities, especially as a sole proprietor or a small business such as ourselves, right? We are small businesses. And these associations basically basically take a collection of other people like us, individuals, small businesses, and use the power in numbers to negotiate with the large insurance companies to uh, to get better deals or better premiums. And so I recommend that all physicians and everyone else looking for independent health insurance evaluate these associations. They are sometimes a little bit more expensive but they also come with premium packages. And so they can provide nationwide coverage where you're in network in every hospital, almost every doctor across the country. You can also get single, single family plan, single and family plans. You can get everything you want and you can also participate in HSA, health savings account. And I think that's very valuable to many of us because we think of wise things to invest our money. And we know that that's one of the items where it's, it's, It's pre-tax and it's taken out tax-free. So it's nice if you can have a plan where you can have a health savings account. You can add your $3,500. I think it's a little bit more nowadays, but add about that much money. And so you you have to take it all into account, but these associations are fairly nice and worth looking into.
1: Okay. So I think that kind of covers... um the options for health insurance, and I hope that uh, people don't feel like, uh, you know, they have to be employed in a job because there are other options. It may take a little bit of research and looking on your part, but it's not that there's, you know, nothing available out there. And hopefully as we grow, you know, we'll be able to uh, negotiate the power of our members and uh, uh, also be part of uh, some kind of group sharing plan.
0: Yeah, terrific. Thanks everyone for joining. Hopefully you enjoyed this piece on health insurance and what to do when you go independent. If you'd like to learn more about these topics and others, please check out the article link below to FlexMed staff. And also please to subscribe so we can do more of these videos for you to educate and provide greater content. <music>